When I was in sixth grade, I joined Boy Scout Troop number 154 of the Tri-State Area Council. On the first week I attended, they taught me, I learned, and then every week following that, we repeated the Scout Oath. On my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country, and to obey the Scout law, to help other people at all times, and to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. And we said that every week. Somewhere around that same time, I became a member of my home church upon completion of confirmation class. When I joined the church, I heard my pastor, Dr. Ed Tullis, who later became Bishop Tullis, ask me to respond to the United Methodist Church's membership vows. As a member of Christ Church Universal, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? I will, was my response. And then as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? A few years later, they added your witness. Again, I will. Do some of you remember answering I will to those same vows at some point in your life when you chose to become a part an official member of a United Methodist Church? I wonder, after having made those commitments, how often do we actually consider what they should mean for us in our daily lives and in our involvement in the church? Unlike we did in Scouts, we don't usually repeat our membership vows weekly in the church. We do reaffirm them along with new members when they join the church. And uh, we do recommit to participating in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service. For the next few weeks, we're going to revisit each one of those vows one at a time, take a fresh look at them and consider how God might use us as we live out those vows faithfully. Today, we begin with the promise to participate in the church's ministries by our prayers. To participate in the church's ministries by our prayers. The phrase in the vows is, will you participate in its ministry? Will you participate in its ministries by your prayers, presence, gift, service, witness? These define each of the commitments as participation in ministry. Not just something we say, not just something we think about occasionally, not just something we repeat with new members periodically, but participation in ministry. For me, that puts a little different spin on, on prayer compared to prayers that I might pray as part of my 
own devotional life or prayer that I might pray with someone in a hospital or prayer that I might pray for someone I love and am concerned about. This is participation in the ministries of the church. Let's look at how Paul sees ministry in the body of Christ based on how he speaks about it in several New Testament letters. First, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul talks about his ministry situation and those whom God works through by praying for him. This is verses 10 and 11. Paul writes, God rescued us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. You hear that? You are helping us by praying for us. Paul acknowledges that praying for them, the readers of this letter who have been praying for them, are contributing to the ministry and that, in fact, their prayer is ministry itself. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul gives a plain and simple call to pray as part of the body of Christ. This is verse 18 in chapter 6. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray for all believers everywhere. This is a call to do what we commit to do with our membership vows in participating in the ministries of the church as we pray. Paul talks about his prayer, his own prayers for others, those he lifts up regularly, those who are believers who are now reading this letter. Listen to his words in Philippians chapter 1, 8 and 9 as he expresses care and concern. God knows how much I love you and long for you with, contender, with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I pray for you so that your love will overflow and you will keep on growing. That's the way Paul related to those he was discipling, those he was nurturing in the faith. And then in Colossians chapter 4, Paul writes about one of his companions and his prayers for the readers as a way of ministering to them and blessing them. This is Colossians 4 verse 12. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Asking God to make you strong and perfect. You want to pray a powerful prayer for people? Pray for them to be strong and perfect. That is a big prayer. Pray that God will make them strong and perfect following the will of God.
In each of these situations in the scripture, we get the real feeling that prayer is ministry. It's more than just a little encouragement. It's more than just token gestures of religiosity. It's more than just words said in spiritual sounding language. Prayer is real, legitimate, powerful ministry that all of us can be involved in. All of us. This ministry of prayer can be exercised by any believer in Christ Jesus and should be exercised by every United Methodist who's taken membership vows. You can pray. And it can become a powerful ministry in which you participate. You can pray for the body of Christ as a whole and all the individuals that make up the body of Christ. You can pray for various ministries of the church that God will bless them and the people they serve in one way or another. You can pray for the individuals in the church and the community. We can pray together. Think about the power in corporate prayer. We just shared in one a couple minutes ago. We prayed together, our Father who art in heaven. And we prayed that prayer. Sometimes we pray prayers that are written for us ahead of time and we pray them together as we prepare for Holy Communion or pray for someone who's being baptized or maybe we come together and don't pray with the same words but we pray at the same time in the same place for someone or something. It could be a prayer from deep in your heart that you pray right here at this altar, at this place of prayer while maybe a few other people gather around you and pray with you. There's nothing more powerful, no ministry that has ever had more potential to change the world than the church's ministry of prayer. I'm going to share a couple of stories with you this morning. First, I want to tell you about a lady lying in the hospital. I call her mom. My mom was in the hospital years ago. She had gone into the hospital for what I think was a relatively routine procedure. The procedure went fine, but afterward the doctor decided she had lost enough blood in the process that she could probably use a fill-up. So they gave her a unit of blood there in the hospital. And in just a short time, she began to have a reaction to the blood that she'd received. She felt way worse from the blood reaction than she did from the surgery. She was very weak. She was pretty sick. She was scared. And interaction with people for a little while was really difficult. But somewhere during that time where she struggled so much, Janet and I were there to see her. And I remember her saying to us, Now... I know why it's important to pray for people when they're sick or in the hospital. Because sometimes you just don't feel like praying yourself. I know why it's important to pray for people in the hospital because sometimes we don't feel like praying ourselves. That is stuck in my head and my heart for all these years because it reminded me not only of my responsibility 
personally to pray for family or friends or whoever I know and am concerned for, but it reminds me of the importance of the ministry of prayer that belongs to us as the church. Some of you have been in those kind of situations yourselves, haven't you? Where you didn't really feel like praying because you were struggling so much. Maybe you couldn't pray at that time because of illness or surgery or a time of grieving. Any other number of crisis situations in life and you just didn't feel like praying or didn't know how to pray. But I've heard your stories about how the church carried you in prayer at a given time. We dare not neglect the ministry of prayer that we commit to in our membership vows. And there was another time 30 or so years ago, a time in which I was struggling to pray. And it really doesn't matter why at this point. But it was a difficult time. It was hard for me to know how to pray. I was sad. I was mad. I was confused. I was in disbelief and wondering where in the world God was. And during that time, I remember going to a small group meeting with several pastor friends. At some point during our meetings, there was always a time for everybody to share prayer concerns or what's going on in their lives. You know, how can we pray for each other? And I told them everything that was going on at the time, how I was feeling and how I was struggling to even know how to pray about this particular thing. One of my friends in the group looked at me and said, I need to apologize to you. He said, in praying for people in this group, I just always tend to think, Phil has a great life, Phil has a perfect life, and there's nothing major to pray about for him. So I'm sorry, and I will pray for you. Since that time, I've wondered how often I've been guilty of the same thing. Not really praying for someone or several someones because I think, oh, they've got their act together. Life's all good for them. There's no issues. There's no problems. They're just blessed, and yeah, I don't need to worry about praying for them. How often have I done that? Because I've neglected to reach out and find the needs for prayer in specific people at given times. We cannot neglect the ministry of prayer that we commit to in our membership vows. There are people in this room who have experienced things in life maybe recently, maybe right now, about which they don't know how to pray or what to pray. There are people who are a part of this church and this community. Maybe they haven't been able to get back to be in this room yet. 
who are going through things they don't know how to pray about. And they need the people of God to lift them in prayer, to fulfill the commitment to participate in the church's ministries through prayer. Beyond various relationships within the church that are affected by our ministry of prayer, there's also prayer for the total ministries of the church. If you've ever been in charge of a particular ministry or program, you can testify about the importance of the church's prayers. If you've ever been a part of one of those big things that goes on in this church that I've yet to experience, I hear about an incredible Thanksgiving dinner and celebration. I hear about the City of Bethlehem production at Christmas. I hear about lots of things that I have not yet experienced. If you've ever been a part of those kind of things, if you've ever been a Sunday school teacher involved in children's ministry or youth ministry or Christian journey groups or care team ministries or some of our music ministries or whatever it might be, you can testify to the fact that prayer makes a difference if you pay attention and you know people are praying. You can testify that prayer matters. There is always need for our participation by prayer in the ministries of the church. I don't think it's an accident that in the vows we take as members of the United Methodist Church and we commit to five things that prayer is the first of those. Our prayers impact everything else. Every other ministry or program, our prayers may be what God uses to build the foundation of all the church, of what the church is, what the church does. Our prayers can act, impact the people who are the church and the people who can be reached by the church. Anybody can exercise a ministry of prayer. Anybody. If you're driving down the road to work or to school or to shop, you can pray. If you're outside playing games with children or grandchildren or doing yard work, you can pray. When you're about ready to go to bed, you can pray. When you get up in the morning, you can pray. When you're in the bathtub or shower, you can pray. If you haven't been able to get out much because of a pandemic and you're watching at home with an online broadcast, you can pray. You can pray for specific programs of our church. You can pray for the pastors and staff. You can pray for our many faithful volunteer servants. You can pray for groups and for individuals. You can pray for our church as a whole. For some unbelievable reason, God has chosen to allow the people of God to be a part of the work of God through our prayers. We get to be a part of what God is doing as we pray. Vowing to participate in the ministries of the church through our prayers 
is a way for all of us to be used by God. And continuing to pray is a powerful way to be blessed by God as he works through our prayers. We made the promise. The promise of prayer is made by those of us who have taken membership vows. Whether or not you've taken those vows and become a professing member of this church, I want us to take a moment to pray this morning as we sing our closing song. I want you to pray for the church, for the people in it, for the ministries of it. And even though we haven't done this for a while because we're being so careful. We want to continue to be careful. But if some of you want to come up here and kneel at this place of prayer, and there's a few places here at this prayer rail. There are places we could use the front pew as a place to kneel and pray. I want to invite you to pray this morning for our church, for each other, for our community, for the body of Christ worldwide. As we close, we're going to exercise that membership vow and spend time in prayer. Wherever you choose to pray, where you are, or if you want to come up and kneel with a few other people, let's pray together as we sing our closing song.